0: The Bible tells us, to everything there is a season, a time to build, a time to reap, and a time to sow, and a time to heal. This is the time to heal in America. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature, let this grim era of demonization in America begin to end here
1: and now. Good luck with that, Mr president-elect. Good luck. I mean it.
2: Well, I
0: don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling there's something right. It's a little more right I'm today. I'm so I fall off my chair. I'll take it. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Take what we
1: can get these days.
0: Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck
2: in the middle.
1: I'm stuck in From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast As heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. We're also heard up in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, well done Pennsylvania, on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ. In Seattle, on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. Yes, well done, Wisconsin. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. Well done, Minnesota, as well. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day of the week on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Hi, Desi Doyen. Hey. Feeling better yet? Yeah, just a bit. Just a little. Just a bit. Okay. There
2: are still some avenues that remain Uh, open, so until all exits are closed, I'll still feel a little bit.
1: You had a rough week last week.
2: (laughs) It was very nerve-wracking. I know, but I'm seeing a lot
1: more smiles around here today. (laughs) Uh, After waiting at least 24 hours longer than they normally would to make such calls, for reasons that I am still not certain of, as we discussed on Friday's broadcast. But I believe it's because they remain cowed by the Trump administration. In any event, the cable and the TV news networks finally called Pennsylvania for Joe Biden early on Saturday morning, followed not long thereafter by Nevada for Biden as well. But it was the Pennsylvania call with its uh, uh, 20 electoral votes that put Joe Biden over the top with 273 electoral college votes projected, making him almost certainly the next president of the United States. And while America celebrated on Saturday, at least the vast majority of America did, none of it went over very well on the right. Here was televangelist Kenneth Copeland's reaction before his mask-free flock on Sunday.
3: THE MEDIA SAID WHAT?
0: (laughs) THE MEDIA SAID JOE BIDEN'S PRESIDENT...
1: So, yeah, that seriously actually happened on Sunday. uh, And, of course, Ken Copeland's uh, reaction was not the only one. Right-wing pastor Terry Parsons uh, also had trouble accepting the news as well on Sunday.
0: Expose it all! Expose it all, Lord! And, Lord, if it be your will and if it be necessary, another election, another voting day, whatever it is. the will of
1: God. Yeah, they're going to need some help uh, on this one. It's going to take a while. Of course, those are wingnut evangelical people of the cloth, I guess. Uh, How about more serious folks like a former Republican congresswoman and former one-time leading Republican presidential candidate, Michelle Bachman? I ask, oh God, that you would take your iron rod And I ask that you would smash the clay
2: jar of deceit in America, smash the clay jar of delusion in the United States of America, (laughs) smash the delusion, father, of Joe Biden as our president. He is not. Would you take your iron rod and smash the strong delusion? that Nancy Pelosi does have her House of Representatives. We don't know that. Smash it in Jesus' name. Smash, Lord, the
0: takeover of the U.S. Senate by Chuck Schumer. Lord, smash it with your iron rod.
1: Yeah, well, denial is not just a river in Egypt, as they say. Uh, See, of course, she too is silly. And no longer in Congress. But how about the personal attorney for the president of the United States, his top lawyer who held a press conference on Saturday, not at the Four Seasons in Philadelphia, as Donald Trump had originally announced on his Twitter feed, but in pretty much the most hilarious moment of the weekend in front of the rear garage and loading dock at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Company, a neighborhood shop in the Philadelphia suburbs next to, seriously, an adult bookstore and across the street from a crematorium where they actually booked this place, it seems, thinking it was The Four Seasons. It was not. Nonetheless, here was Rudy Giuliani mid-press conference when the news came in that all of the networks and the media had finally called the race for Joe Biden on Saturday. What was it called by? All the,
0: oh my goodness, all the networks. Wow. All the networks. We have to forget about the law. Judges don't count. All the networks, all the networks. All well, the networks thought Biden was going to win by 10 percent. Gee, what happened?
1: So, yeah, it is not going well uh, today for Donald Trump and his team. And so far, things seem to be getting only worse as the week began. The stock market soared some 1,600 points at its opening after Trump had told us for months that it would crash if America elected Joe Biden. The, uh, the the company uh, pharmaceutical company Pfizer announced that their testing for a coronavirus vaccine is going very well, with a reported success rate of ninety percent in blocking the deadly viral pandemic. It should be noted here, however, that Pfizer went out of its way to distance itself from the Trump administration during the development of their vaccine. They took no money from Donald Trump's so-called Operation Warp Speed uh, program uh, when developing this vaccine, though the Trump administration will undoubtedly try to take credit for it uh, in the days ahead, no doubt. And speaking of the coronavirus, the U.S. has just hit 10 million infections in record time, with a uh, rate of infection now soaring some 60 percent in recent weeks. As Trump has been crisscrossing the country, exposing his supporters to the virus at crowded, mostly maskless, shoulder-to-shoulder rallies in one town after another. And over the weekend, it was learned that Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, tested positive for the disease, along with several other uh, still unnamed White House staffers who attended his insane 2.30 a.m. So-called news conference last week on Tuesday night, election night and uh, Wednesday morning to falsely announce that he had won the election and had won it big and that it was being stolen from him by Democrats, after which uh, I suggested on the next day's show that the uh, indoor, very crowded rally of supporters was likely to be another super spreader event at the White House. And sure enough, on Monday, we learned that Trump's Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Ben Carson, has now also tested uh, positive for the virus. And what I expect uh, will be, uh, unfortunately, many more to come from those top staffers and supporters and, yes, Fox News hosts who attended that victory party turned into a denialist death watch last Tuesday night at the White House. Donald Trump is very angry today. He has already fired his defense secretary, Mark Esper, for some reason or another. I expect there will be more lashing out with firings in the hours and the days ahead. Um, Perhaps even worse. I don't know, especially as Joe Biden moves forward with his transition as if he did not have a care in the world about the man who still remains president for another 72 days or so. But who's counting? And as his staffers uh, said, that they, uh, Joe Biden's staffers said, they were not worried about uh, the possibility of Trump trying to stick around, saying that they know how to remove trespassers from the White House, according to a Biden spokesperson over the weekend. According to The Washington Post over the weekend, uh, President-elect Joe Biden is planning to quickly sign a series of executive orders after being sworn into office on January 20, immediately forecasting that the country's politics have shifted and that his presidency will be guided by radically different priorities. The Post says he will join the Paris Climate Accords, according to those close to his campaign, and he will reverse President Trump's withdrawal from the World Health Organization. He will repeal the ban on almost all travel from some Muslim-majority countries, and he will reinstate the program allowing DREAMers who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children to remain in the country, according to people familiar with his plans. Although the transition of power can always include abrupt changes, the Post notes, the shift from Trump. To Biden, from one president who sought to undermine established norms and institutions to another who has vowed to restore the established order, will be among the most startling in America. Well, after four years of being startled each and every goddamn day, hopefully this is the type of startling that will at least be somewhat less traumatic for the nation and perhaps even comforting again. Despite some apparent losses in the U.S. House and now a very very narrow, if still plausible, push uh, to to win back a majority in the U.S. Senate, a, a path which will go through Georgia with two U.S. Senate runoffs on January 5 in a state where we have spent a whole lot of time on this program reporting on their new unverifiable voting systems and which Republicans have finally noticed, it seems, over the weekend. I'll talk more about that shortly. Uh, There was every reason uh, to celebrate over the weekend, despite uh, the the apparent losses and the narrow path to the Senate. As progressive New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez noted over the weekend, the country, at least for now, would not be, quote, in a free fall to hell anymore. CPM's Josh Marshall uh, observed, uh, this is an opportunity to stop the knifing attacks on the body politic, the fabric of our government and our almost quarter millennium old republic. How much we can repair, he said, how much we can shift the trajectory of the country away from the decay and opaque transformations that made Trump possible. That's all in front of us and unknown, he said. But at least it's clear that the majority of America, the majority of Americans, wanted the bleeding to stop. And for the moment, at least, it may, no matter the rights difficulty that they are having today accepting what appears at least to be inevitable. Uh, I'll talk about their concerns uh, momentarily, the what their Claiming to be concerned about anyway, but then I do want to try to open up the phones to you today to celebrate, to gloat, to complain, uh, if you prefer, to ask me any questions you might have about various mostly false claims that you're hearing from the right about the vote count, uh, to express your fears about what Donald Trump could do from here. Uh, either with the election itself or the country itself. My number is 818-985-5735. If you would like to use your public airwaves to discuss your public election today, you did this. You deserve a victory lap if you wish to take one. 818-985-KPFK. After uh, four years, this part, at least, of our long American nightmare appears to finally be coming to a long-awaited end. Of course, if you listen to the folks on the right, the uh, nightmare will definitely be continuing once they uh, demonstrate how this election was stolen from them as they see it. And, of course, maybe it was. The lack of evidence to support that contention, however, at least so far, uh, is, is pretty sparse, As I've spent the last, I don't know, almost week uh, trying to look into every assertion and shred of evidence that the right, uh, who used to call people like me sore losers for noticing and reporting on, everything that they have tried to put forward. Their evidence, however, for uh, what they describe as a massive theft across the country somehow, uh, shorthanding it sometimes to hashtag Stop the Steal has mostly been uh, pretty easily and quickly debunked by a a pleasantly aggressive media who has actually bothered to look into uh, some of these things, at least when right-wingers put them out there. I suppose it helps when you have an emotionally unbalanced man-child as president who is repeating each and every one of these claims through statements and tweets and insane press conferences announcing that he, he won and won big. Despite all of the actual, you know, evidence to the contrary, it also um, doesn't help when even Trump's own administration is uh, doing no small part of the debunking. Yes, Trump's own administration, according to NBC News today, as unfounded conspiracy theories pile up to challenge the fact that Joe Biden is the projected winner of the 2020 presidential election. The country's top election security agency is rapidly debunking those theories. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, that's a new federal agency, part of the Department of Homeland Security, Uh, And and they oversee sort of the security and integrity of election infrastructure. They maintain a rumor control blog to correctly uh, to, to correct false claims about elections and voting. And that blog has been very active in recent days. The agency's head, Chris Krebs, is a trump appointee and he is personally actively debunking many of these claims such as that officials gave sharpie markers to some voters in order to invalidate their votes invalidate their ballots for donald trump or the hammer and scorecard conspiracy theory you may have heard about which holds that a mythical computer system secretly changed votes across the country Now, the fact that states uh, independently conduct elections uh, doesn't seem to have uh, changed the idea that somehow some massive computer program changed all of the results in, I guess, all of the states. Um, And, of course, he's been pointing out that most of the votes cast were on hand-marked paper ballots. So if you have any questions about the results, you can ask to recount them. AP has been doing some very good fact checking themselves on these matters, for example, on the Sharpie matter out of Arizona, where Biden still leads by just over 17,000 votes at this hour, as the last of the ballots are still being counted from military and overseas voters. AP reported the day after the election as hashtag Sharpiegate trended on social media, Uh, By the way, supplanting the previous Sharpie gate from a year or so ago where Donald Trump had used a Sharpie to extend the cone of uncertainty for Hurricane Dorian last year. Remember that? To try and pretend that his claim that Alabama would be hit hard, uh, that that had come from the National Weather Service, that he wasn't wrong about it. So, uh, So many Sharpie gates. So little time. Uh, As uh, AP debunked the uh, the 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 new Sharpie gate, the voting Sharpie gate from the election, uh, social media posts, they say, suggest that election officials in Maricopa County, that's Phoenix, provided voters with Sharpie marking pens, which interfered with ballots being recorded, specifically those for Donald Trump. Arizona election officials say that voting with a Sharpie would have no impact on the votes being recorded by tabulation machines. Arizona election officials confirmed that, yes, indeed, Sharpies were used in voting, but they said they would not invalidate a ballot. The Maricopa County Elections Department tweeted on Election Day that voting centers use Sharpies so the ink does not smudge when ballots are counted. One video with more than eight hundred and twenty thousand views showed a woman speaking about how four different polling places were using Sharpies. And a man asks her if, quote, those ballots are not being counted and are invalid. The man says they are invalidating votes is what they are doing. That's not what they're doing. Uh, he says in the video, people are coming here to vote for Donald Trump and all these votes are getting invalidated. They're not getting invalidated. Now, if you're concerned about them being invalidated, the good news is in Phoenix, they like their voters enough in Maricopa County that they allow them to vote on hand-marked paper ballots. So if you'd like to have a recount of those ballots and make sure that they uh, actually were tabulated correctly by, yes, computer tabulators, you get to do so. Congratulations, Arizona. Too bad we can't say the same thing about Georgia, but I'm getting ahead of myself. The uh, uh, public information officer for the Arizona Secretary of State said in an email that votes would not be canceled even if there was an issue with the ballot. If a voter's ballot is listed as canceled, as some people were seeing when they were looking up their ballot, it usually means that the voter made an additional ballot request if they needed to have their original ballot replaced for some reason. Their uh, probably mail-in ballot, depending on when they returned their replacement ballot, that ballot is uh, most likely still being processed by the county, she said, as of last week. Clint Hickman, the Republican chair of the Maricopa, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and Steve Gallardo, the board's only Democrat, Uh, They published a letter to voters expressing concern about the misinformation, saying that uh, Sharpies are recommended by the manufacturer of the voting equipment in uh, Maricopa because they provide the fastest drying ink. Nonetheless, videos making the false claim about Sharpies were uh, widely shared on TikTok and elsewhere. Republican Congressman Paul Gosar added his voice to the Sharpie claims last week with a tweet that said he was reaching out to the state's attorney general's office. Arizona Attorney General uh, Mark Bernovich, uh, their office, sent a letter to Maricopa demanding answers about which voting centers had used the Sharpies and how many votes were rejected because of issues with the Sharpie, Inc. A woman in Phoenix filed a lawsuit alleging that the vote tabulation equipment was unable to record her ballot because she completed it with a county-issued uh, county Sharpie. She's seeking a court order that all of Maricopa County voters whose ballots were rejected as a result of using a Sharpie and so far, we know of none of them that were, that all of them uh, get a chance to fix their ballots. Uh, CNN was also on the so-called uh, voter fraud fact check beat over the weekend, reporting on Sunday that to hear some people tell it, including a handful of prominent Republicans, such as Donald Trump's family and supporters like former House Speaker Newt Gingrich and former acting director of intelligence Rich- Richard Gurnell, You might think the Democrats were using dead people to steal Michigan's Electoral College votes for Donald Trump. But like much of the misinformation circulated online this past week by some Trump supporters, the claim falls apart under scrutiny, they report. A CNN analysis of the claim and the purported backing for it did not find one single instance of it happening not one single instance of a zombie voter if you can imagine such a thing as a doing how unusual
2: thing. <laughs> it's all it's it seems like it's all bunk you think? Yeah.
1: Well, not all of it. Stand by. Okay. I got more ahead, but let me hit these. Let me hit these dead voters for a second. Uh, apparently, there was a list that was circulated on Twitter of some fourteen thousand names uh, on, uh, on a list of people who supposedly were dead but had voted anyway. Now, the origin of the list, uh, the identity of the person who posted it, was unclear, but it went around, of course. As it does like wildfire. CNN looked at 50 of the more than 14,000 names on the list. They took the first 25 names on the list and then 25 more that they picked at random. They ran the names through the Michigan Voter Information Database to see if these people had requested or returned a ballot. And then they checked the names against publicly available records to see if these people were in fact dead. Well, of the 50 that they looked at, 37 were indeed dead and had not voted, according to the Voter Information Database in Michigan. Five people out of the 50 had voted. Well, that's troubling. But as it turns out, they are all still alive. According to public records accessed by CNN, the remaining eight are also alive, but they did not vote. The uh, sample that uh, they reviewed, of course, is not representative, but they say the trend was clear. Not a single one of the names that they examined was actually of a dead person voting. Uh, falsehoods about dead people casting ballots in Michigan began spreading through videos posted to social media late on Wednesday night. They cite one typical clip showing a person entering a name, a birth date, and a zip code into Michigan's state-run voter lookup website. The video shows uh, the, uh, the the search results for a voter. Uh, In this case, one voter in this first video, uh, they showed a a result for the voter, despite him being over one hundred and ten years old, who had supposedly requested and successfully returned a ballot. Well, right wing uh, personality Austin Fletcher, who goes by the name Fleckus online, he created some of these videos. This one went viral. Um, Posted uh, late uh, on Thursday night, it showed him searching for a voter named William Bradley, who was born in 1902. He said, turns out 118-year-old William Bradley voted absentee ballot in Wayne County, Michigan. Well, that sounds disturbing. How long has this been going on, said Fletcher? But a search of public records revealed that a man named uh, William Bradley was, in fact, born in March of 1902 and did, in fact, die in 1984 in Wayne County. Public records, however, also show that his son, who is also named William Bradley, lives at the same address and is very much alive and is a voter. You see how this works? We see this year after year after year. They put out these phony lists. In most cases, uh, they're untrue or they're due to some clerical error or another. In this case, a search of the public records um, found his son living at the same address a man with a nearly identical name to the deceased Bradley who had requested a ballot and voted properly in both the primary and the general elections, according to the principal attorney for the city of Detroit. Apparently, this was uh, incorrectly attributed to the 118-year-old, now deceased, William Bradley, as a clerical error.
2: Imagine if they put this much energy and effort into finding out, you know, actual election integrity, you know, finding out what needs to be done to secure our elections. Oh, I'm get- I know you're going get to get it. this. There. I just want oh, to point yeah, out the fact yeah, that this guy has yeah. spent all this time, put up a video to put something up that was complete bunk.
1: Yep. Uh, it was a complete bunk that even, you know, never mind CNN, never mind AP. We all know that they're enemies of the people and that they're all fake news and so forth. Um, but, and they've been doing a, a, well, a lot of good fact checking, but you know, because they're fake news, we have to ignore them. But in Philadelphia, um, where they have been claiming, actually, in, in last week we talked, I think it was Thursday or Friday, AP had reported on these claims that Republicans were not being allowed to observe the vote counting in Detroit at the biggest vote center there. Uh, which was quickly debunked by reporters who were in the room and Republicans who were in the room, yes, in fact, observing the counting. But in Philadelphia, in the state that pushed Biden's total over the 270 electoral vote uh, electoral college vote mark on Saturday, the Republicans over the weekend, uh, they continued to make the same claim that in Philadelphia, Republican vote counters, Uh, were not allowed to watch the counting of the vote. That had to be debunked not by the enemy of the media and the fake news of CNN and AP, but by Fox News, Fox News themselves.
2: Eric, can I ask you, though, about the fact that um, the Trump campaign has said that they wanted to have their um, their poll watchers there, And that I guess they're being asked to provide evidence for something that they say they weren't able to even participate in or to be able to see. And so that's, I think, where they would say that needs to be rectified, if it could be.
0: That's not true. It's not true. It's just not true. The uh, election uh, poll watchers, they are called canvass watchers. Republicans have been in this room, in that room. Uh, where they're supposed to be standing alongside with the Democrats. There is a specific segregated, penned-off area for the Democratic watchers and the Republican watchers. So the claim from the Trump campaign and the president about that is not true. It is false. In fact, the lawyers for the Trump campaign last night in federal court uh, admitted that. They uh, indicated that there were, at one point, 19. Republican watchers in the room. So we're getting two different messages from the Trump campaign, one from the president, the other from his lawyers who say that the Republican watchers have been in there. They're unhappy with the fact that they were 25 feet away. The federal judge said they've got to be six feet away. That's the issue. That
1: sounds fair. All right. Yeah, that sounds fair. Does it sound fair, Dana Perino? That was former uh, George W. Bush press secretary, Dana Perino. Now, of course, a Fox News host speaking with Eric Sean. Of Fox News saying, no, these claims by Donald Trump are simply not true. And they've had to admit as much in court to a federal judge. Uh, Like I say, I know a lot of you want to get in. We're going to get to your phone calls shortly. 818-985-5735. 818 985 KPFK, of course, not all of the claims are quite as easily debunked, particularly those claims regarding the opaque electronic voting and tabulation systems that we have spent so many years on this show, on the Bradcast and at Bradblog.com. I'd say the better part of the last 17 years, warning desperately about In fact, uh, the reason I have been warning about these systems is not just because I'm concerned about elections being stolen, but I'm hoping to avoid a moment like this when voters from any party find themselves unable to know for certain whether election results reported by these computers are, in fact, accurate whether they, in fact, represent the intent of the voters. And because we use so many computers to uh, tally our ballots and often to cast the ballots, it's very difficult to know. Well, that concern was on display in a few cases over the past several days, uh, including, yes, up in Michigan. A Republican clerk's error in a small Republican-leaning northern Michigan county last week led to the Uh, reporting of unofficial voting results that favored Democrat Joe Biden incorrectly, according to state officials. Uh, Questions were raised after Antrim County, that's northeast of Traverse City, where I went to school for uh, a time. Uh, They first reported a local landslide for Joe Biden in his race against uh, Donald Trump. The Republican National Committee included this concern among several allegations of Uh, irregularities they think they found in Michigan that favored Joe Biden and the Democrats. But Michigan's Department of State said on Friday that the Antrim County clerk accidentally did not update computer software that is used to collect voting machine data. Apparently, the software used by the county to send the results via the Internet to the state, where they're then uh, reported out of the state website. The Office of Democratic Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson explained that because the clerk did not update the software, uh, the tabulators counted all the ballots correctly, but they were not combined properly when the clerk uh, brought them all together, combined them before sending them up to uh, the state. Even if the error in the reported unofficial results had not been quickly noted, The secretary of state's office said uh, it would have been identified during the county canvas. The software did not cause a misallocation of votes. It was the result of human error. Antrim County officials acknowledged that the results seemed skewed with more than 16,000 votes cast in a county that went to Donald Trump by a landslide in 2016. And yes, again, in 2020, once the numbers were noticed, Uh, showing that it was Joe Biden who won in a landslide. In fact, Trump defeated Biden in Antrim County, getting 56 percent of the vote. The tabulators are programmed to scan hand marked paper ballots that are uh, tabulators that are made by a company named Dominion Voting System in a whole bunch of counties in both Antrim and elsewhere in the state in Michigan. The uh, paper ballots, the hand marked paper ballots are then retained and uh, totals. Uh, tapes that are printed out from the machines that show the vote that each candidate got at each precinct. That's printed out from the machines at the close of polls. County clerks then use this election management system to combine those numbers into the final totals from the uh, precinct and send it up to the state, etc. Well, apparently late in the election preparation process, there was a minor correction that was made to a ballot Uh, Ballot programming, apparently, um, that did not get processed properly, according to uh, the president of the Grand Rapids-based election source, one of the private contractors who works with elections officials there. The skewed unofficial results were a uh, result of procedural misunderstanding, he said that the clerk's office had never before experienced. Now, mind you, again, it was a Republican clerk at a Republican county where this error occurred on these Dominion systems. So some late update to the software somewhere along the line was made. And that actually is troubling. And while I have no reason to Currently doubt the explanation at this point from state officials, I would say that it is perfectly appropriate for Republicans in this state to demand, uh, well, two things, an independent investigation of what happened in Antrim County. Three things, I guess. Also a check of other counties to make sure that uh, where, you know, where the same software was used as well and to ask for a hand count of those hand marked paper ballots in Antrim to make sure the results were accurate. It does not mean that the state was stolen, however, but if I were a Republican, I would demand an independent investigation and a hand count of those ballots. But that is not what the Republicans are doing. They are instead deciding that Dominion Voting Systems is a company controlled by Nancy Pelosi and the Clinton Foundation, and the entire election must be tossed out or some such. Citing uh, these concerns with Dominion in Michigan and some uh, similar questions about Reported results in Georgia, where if you have listened to the show over the years, we have reported a great deal on Georgia's voting system, their terrible new 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting system that has now been forced on every county in the state by its Republican secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger. There is every reason to be concerned about the votes, votes cast on these systems and the results reported by them, citing those concerns. Now, now, finally, Republicans have suddenly become very concerned about how computers can change the results of elections without anybody noticing on Fox News on Maria Bartiromo's show who did not used to be insane, if I'm remembering correctly, but now apparently is. Anyway, uh, she had uh, attorney Sidney Powell. She represents Trump's disgraced former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Um, She represents him in his criminal case. She alleged that Democrats, quote, were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist. Well, that's a serious charge. Some guy named Eric Trump He tweeted uh, himself over the weekend, quote, software from hell. There needs to be a manual recount of every ballot in this country right now. Well, now you're talking my language, kids. Thank you, Eric. Are you concerned about those Dominion voting systems? Yeah, me too. In fact, I'm concerned about every private voting machine and software vendor who have no place in our public elections. Not just Dominion Voting, which, yes, did give money to the Clinton Foundation and had lobbyists who worked for Pelosi at one point on their staff. They also, by the way, had lobbyists who worked for Republicans on their staff. And yes, they gave money to Republicans as well. And by the way, they're a foreign company. They're from Canada. And we're allowing them that kind of control over our public elections. I'm concerned about all such private voting machine companies in our public elections. For example, the nation's largest vendor, es who has given tens of thousands of dollars to the Republican Governors Association. Should we be concerned about that, Eric? So in the spirit of reaching out, in the spirit of Joe Biden's hope, of restoring the soul of our nation. I tweeted an invitation to Republicans and, yes, to Eric Trump over the weekend, which has since gotten, uh, well, it's gone somewhat viral. It's got about 1,000 retweets so far, last I checked, about 3,000 likes, which are the poor man's retweet, by the way. So, you know, knock it off with the likes. Start retweeting it, please. Anyway, it's pinned at the top of my Twitter feed, I am the Brad blog on Twitter. If you'd like to help me to send this very sincere invitation, it reads this way. Dear Republicans, if you really want transparency and oversight of our elections, please join me in demanding hand marked publicly hand counted paper ballots for every voter in Georgia's two critical U.S. Senate runoffs coming up in January. Now, as you know, the results are very close in Georgia. Biden is leading by about 12,000 votes there out of about 5 million cast. That's easily in recount territory, though flipping it back to Trump uh, won't actually matter as long as Biden continues to hold on to Pennsylvania, where he leads by more than 45,000 votes and rising. But if they want to recount Georgia, that sounds fine by me. I suspect it will not go well for them. Uh, In person, voters are forced to vote on touchscreen ballot marking devices that print out computer marked papers, uh, which have a QR code printed alongside human readable text. Uh, And in recounts, they just read the QR codes with the computers again. So the results will probably be the same there. But the hand marked absentee paper ballots, those scanners miss a whole lot of legitimate votes. And they did so in Georgia this year during their primaries. Uh, as we learned, and the vast majority of those absentee hand-marked paper ballots were cast by Democrats. So I suspect that Joe Biden's lead would increase during a so-called recount in Georgia, but I welcome it. I welcome it. uh, The the idea of uh, most specifically, I welcome the idea of only hand-marked paper ballots being used ever again in Georgia, But especially for the uh, critical January 5 U.S. Senate runoffs that I've invited these people like Eric Trump who are so concerned, I've invited them to join me in that call. If they're concerned about software from hell and Dominion voting systems, I suspect they'll join me, right? It's a very important election. Uh, Control of the U.S. Senate is at stake. Get rid of the touchscreens. Vote on hand marked paper. Count those ballots publicly by hand. No Dominion software needed. Put your money where your mouth is, Eric and Republicans. So far, they've yet to take me up on that offer. I did point out in the second tweet in that thread, however, that it was their Republican Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, that forced every county in Georgia to use those 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems made by Dominion Voting, instead of verifiable hand-marked paper ballots. Anyway, go to Brad Blog, the Brad Blog at Twitter.com, and uh, feel free to retweet that. I'm dead serious. That's my invitation. Hand-marked paper ballots, hand-counted for everyone, on January 5 in the two key U.S. Senate races, which will decide control of the U.S. Senate. I mean it, but I suspect they actually don't. We'll see. For now, though, it's your turn. My number is 818-985-5735. Let me take a quick break, and I will welcome your calls today on anything and everything that's on your mind following this presidential election and that whatever may be ahead of us in this new day we are now looking at. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is the one and only world-famous Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks.
0: It's a new dawn, it's a new day.
1: It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me.
0: And I'm feeling good.
2: All the women who have worked to secure and protect the right to vote for over a century, 100 years ago with the 19th Amendment. Tonight I reflect on their struggle, their determination, and the strength of their vision to see what can be Unburdened by what has been.
1: It's a new, dome. It's a new day, it's a new life. It's the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com. That, of course, was Kamala Harris, the vice president elect at this point, the first woman, woman to serve in that post in the White House, the first African American woman to do so, the first uh, South Asian woman to do so. Let's get to some of your calls. I screwed up because I went on so long, but I had to had to cover that stuff. Uh, We will continue to cover it in the days ahead. I got a great report from uh, actually again from CNN that I hope to cover on tomorrow's broadcast. I hope you will tune in. David and Burbank, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
4: Yes, sir. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. How are you today?
4: I am. I'm I'm ecstatic that Biden is in uh, my dad. I'm I'm the youngest of 10 kids. I was brought up in a very, you know, Democrat-favoring mm-hmm. household. Uh, my dad was a union carpenter. He was also the treasurer for his local. My mom was a nurse, and uh, luckily, this is going to sound weird, but luckily, dad bought the farm before Trump became president, because mm. he would have lost his mind. Uh, <laughs> the only time I ever heard my dad cuss growing up was at the TV about Nixon or Reagan, mm. so Uh, I'm just, you know, happy that the um, orange-haired orangutan is gone.
1: There you go. One for you and your dad, David. Thanks for that call. I I do appreciate that, and congratulations. I'm going to try to fly through as many of these as I can since I ran so late, so if you can be quick about it, it is greatly appreciated. Let me go to uh, Don in Venice. Hey, Don, welcome to the broadcast.
4: Oh, hey, Brad. You know, while I've been sitting on hold here, it seems that you've stolen my thunder and Preach my sermon and uh, even answer some questions I had. Uh, you know, my, the point I was going to make is that ever since 2003, I think it is when they first started introducing these machines, mm-hmm. uh, amazingly, the poles are all off, they're all wrong. And they amazingly always uh, favor Republicans.
1: Yeah. Well, not always, but they, yeah, and they tend to presume it's the polling that is wrong rather than the results being wrong, and they don't bother to actually count the results to find out if it was, in fact, the polling or the results.
4: Right. And this is very insidious, because if we don't get our analysis of what's going wrong wrong right, Mm -hmm. then uh, we won't be able to present our issues, because according to, uh, from what I understand, uh, issues like uh, Medicare for All are wildly popular with the public, but Democrats can't seem to um, get behind it because it, the message is always, oh, you're two far of the left. Mm-hmm. You know? and, But it may be that the results are being skewed, so we don't
1: know. I think, uh, well, you're absolutely right in that we don't know. We just don't know. And we can guess. We should not have to guess in an election. And that is true whether you are a Democrat or Republican, a third party, an independent, or anybody else. That's been my point from the jump. Not that elections are being defrauded or being stolen, They certainly could be. But the fact is, even a perfect election, a perfectly secure uh, election, we can't know if it was secure. And you end up with having, whether it's the Democrats in 2016, whether it's the Republicans in 2020, out there yelling about their concerns about who won or lost a presidency or any election. That is wildly dangerous for democracy. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Now,
4: I was going to ask one more thing. I was encouraged by this new election integrity agency you mentioned in the Trump appointee, but how do you know that uh, his support even uh, debunking Sharpie case is just something of a distraction in order to avoid uh, raising the real issue, which is voting machines and the integrity of the election? Right.
1: Well, we don't know, which is why I said, you know, they'd have every right to demand a hand count of the paper, hand-marked paper ballots, in Maricopa County and everywhere else in Arizona, everywhere else in the country. As far as I'm concerned, that's how you run a public election. You don't uh, dole it out to third party corporations. You don't uh, trust in elections officials. You don't trust in cybersecurity officials in uh, in in Washington, D.C. to tell us everything is fine. Elections are owned by we the people. We the people need to start acting like it. Thanks for your call, Don. I got to try to get to a few more here. Let me get to. Uh. Uh well we got to go to oh Roger up in uh, Minnesota. Hang on a second. There we go. Hey Roger, welcome to the broadcast. You feeling better today, brother? Actually, I'm
3: extremely concerned, Brad. Uh huh. I'll try to be very brief. I really wish that I would have an opportunity to have more of a back and forth with you, but usually there's just enough time for me to sort of blurt out my short comments, Morris style.
1: Go ahead, blurt, uh, please.
3: <laughs> I, I got, I got, I got a couple of thongs here. Number one, we—I um, don't—I I, believe that what we had was a massive landslide for Biden and Democrats. But we're never going to know because of the mechanisms involved and voter suppression. Number two, uh, I am very concerned by a dynamic that I see very extensively on various networks, particularly MSNBC, exerting massive pressure on the Democrats to move to the right Mm -hmm. by attempting to blame the message of the left for our failure to um, have a resounding victory in both the House and Senate. Nonsense. We're being, but, we're, but it's an orchestrated pressure campaign uh, uh, to push us to the right. Nonsense. Okay. Well. And uh, finally, I am, yeah. I am very very concerned, Brad, mm-hmm. about the firing of Mark Esper as Defense Secretary. What appears to be occurring here is a sweeping away of the people who would try to draw the line against. Trump, if he attempts to foment something to cause either an internal or uh, external disturbance uh, to whip up into a distraction and a possible pretext for declaring some kind of national emergency and suspending the um, the transition. Uh, uh, so Roger, I... All that
1: much better. Roger. Well, I'm sorry you're not. uh, Do yourself a favor, Roger. Take yourself an hour or two at least to enjoy the accomplishment uh, of last week, none of which was easy for all of us. Millions of people uh, who, who worked on that election one way or another. But I hear you. I absolutely hear you. I share your concerns and we will continue to talk about all of them in the days ahead here on the Bradcast. Roger, I got to get to a quick break and we'll try to fit in as many calls as we can thereafter. Good to hear from you up there. Uh, and and by the way, well done, uh, uh, Minnesota. Quick break. And we are back with the uh, last of our few minutes. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast. <laughs> Roger, give yourself 15 minutes to dance in the street, will you? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com. Okay, we're going to do this, as Roger said, Morris style, where I can only give you about 15 seconds a piece, but I want to get to as many people as I can. Bill in Lake Elsinore, our old friend. Hey, Bill, how are you, sir?
3: Elated, Brad. I just want to give Trump the dump a message. You're fired, loser.
1: (laughs) Well done. Well done, Bill. Uh, Let me get to uh, Matt. Where am I here? Matt in Santa Maria. Hey, Matt. How are you, sir? Welcome to the broadcast.
3: Yeah, breathing relief like everybody else. But um, like I said to Desi, the marathon's not over. We've got to stay on task and a lot to do. And and thanks to uh, folks like you, uh, you know, helps us all on the
1: same road. Thank you. thank you, brother. I appreciate that uh, very much. Matt, uh, let me go to Mike in Claremont. Hang on. I'll, there we go. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. You get your 15 <laughs> seconds. Go.
4: Uh, Brad, thank you, brother. I'm so glad that democracy still lives in this country. The one major issue I want to see them deal with as soon as all of these votes are counted and reality settles in is police accountability. Mm. And I truly believe that the framework has already been put forward. John F. Kennedy left out one proviso out of the Civil Rights Act in 1964, police accountability. If some congressman or some senator with their moral fortitude and salt will take up the mantelpiece of police accountability and simply add it to the proviso already there in the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and just create federal ramifications mm-hmm. when police or anyone in law enforcement, attorneys or otherwise, abuse their powers that are given,
1: it will self-police itself. I hear you, Mike. Abuse Thank you.
4: Power.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I do appreciate it. Don't want to cut you off short, but I have to gotta to get out here uh, momentarily. Uh, of course, that might take... Democrats winning back the Senate, uh, because God knows Republicans, Mitch McConnell, won't want to give any victories to Joe Biden. uh, But who knows? Maybe he'll be able to bring the country together. Morris from Long Beach, brother. uh, Give it to us, Morris style, if you don't mind.
3: Uh, My name is Lieutenant Colonel Veneman. Y'all remember me from the impeachment hearing. Me and my brother are going to be escorting the president out of the White House on January the 20th.
1: Thank you, Mo. Good to hear from you. Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. Oh, yeah. Escorting Donald Trump out of the White House. That would be quite satisfying. Well, I hope this hour has been satisfying to you and I hope you'll join us tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow again for another satisfying hour of the Bradcast. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyan, to my board operator, Federico Garcia, to all of our callers, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Miss any portion of today's show or any other, download it for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email, I'm bradcast at bradblog.com, and on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. We'll see you there. Until we see you here next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Congratulations, and good luck, world. Oh